Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Well, let's get into the Word of God today. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me uh, to John's Gospel. We're going to read from chapter 5, verse 2, the book of John, chapter 5, verse 2. And uh, who thinks that Pastor Christy and Andrew are doing an amazing job here at our Sutherland campus? God is good. John chapter 5, verse 2. This morning I'm going to preach a message called The Least, The Lost, and The Last. The Least, The Lost, and The Last. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda. The word Bethesda means a house of mercy or place of mercy. Having five porches in these lay, did I say porches or porch? No, I think, <laughs> similar. <laughs> in these lay a great multitude of sick people, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Those of you who've been with me to Israel, we went to the excavated site. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity. Watch this. For how long? For 38 years. That's a long time. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been in that condition for a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Verse eight, Jesus said to him, rise, take your bed and walk. And immediately, everyone say immediately. Immediately. And immediately, the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. A number of years ago, I was in the United States of America and was preaching in a handful of churches. And one of the places that I was invited to speak in was in San Diego. I'd never been to San Diego and so in some ways I was intrigued to go to a new location. Who likes travel, anyone? And so I met the pastor and, and uh, we were hanging out and so on. And he just wanted to, on the first night, uh, this was a Saturday night, I was preaching all day Sunday, he wanted to show me around his city. Now when I uh, think of San Diego or perhaps in movies and just in my imagination in general, Uh, You think of water, beautiful city, and so on, and which it was. But as we started to drive around the city, he wanted to show me something that really, if I was to be honest, just absolutely broke my heart. At about 8, 9 p.m., as we drove through the city, there was literally thousands and thousands of homeless people setting up their shacks and their beds for the night. These are in the main streets of the city. People looking for shelter, 
looking for somewhere where they could house themselves and there were little children that were there, parents, single mums, trying to care for their kids. And as I drove past it, looked at it, I was shocked initially. But then in my heart, I felt such compassion that people in a modern society would find themselves in a situation like that. Story here goes of an area called Bethesda where the Bible says the sick, the lame, paralyzed, those who were blind, they would convene, they would meet. And in this place, in this location, the, the message actually says there were hundreds of them. And so in this place, they would meet. And the reason why they waited there, because they believed that whether it was reality or superstition, we're, we're not sure, there would be a stirring of the water and the first person to step into the water would be healed. And there was a man, the Bible says, who lived in that condition, was there with this uh, fraternity, you could say, of these sick people waiting for their miracle, waiting for hope. Perhaps they could be that person, I could be that person, that when the angel came, I could step out, get into the water and be healed of my infirmity. And this particular man, the Bible says, don't miss how long he had been in that condition. There is nothing in the Bible that's there just for the sake of filling up words on a page. The Bible says that this man had lived with his condition for 38 years. And there he was waiting for the moving of the water. For this man, think about his life. Think about his emotional well-being. Think about perhaps what he actually thought about himself. He could not contribute given the nature of how their society operated. He, he was not a contributor to his society. He lived without purpose. He lived without hope. There was no social security program for him, no miracle drug, no access to some form of medical assistance to help him with his condition. He lived on his mat, hoping and waiting, come on church, for 38 years that he could be that person that would either step into the water or somehow or another get into the water when the water was stirred. And one day, on an ordinary day, this man, his life would never be the same because on this particular day, the Lord Jesus Christ, the healer, the great physician, there is only one true healer, his name is Jesus Christ. The healer came along and this man's life was, come on church, forever change. It was not just what happened in his body, but it's what happened in his emotions, in how he thought about himself. Everybody wants to contribute. Everybody wants to be a blessing to society and to help others. There's a joy 
in giving, there's a joy in being kind, there's a joy in being nice to people. And so for this man, this physical infirmity hindered him from being able to do that. But on this day, when he encountered the love of Jesus, the man was paralysed for almost four decades and he's restored to full health. It's an amazing story. It's an amazing story of God's kindness, amen? It's an amazing story of God's grace. It's an amazing story of God's goodness that an ordinary man, whom we don't even know his name, was set free, healed, restored, changed forever because of the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, I wanna give to you four things about this miracle that continues to move our hearts towards uncommon love. Are you ready this morning? Number one, I want you to notice in this miracle that the miracle was not, I emphasise the word not, was not a response to a request. The man did not send a text message to Jesus, neither did he send an email, neither did he call 1-800-JESUS and ask for help. Unlike the 10 lepers, blind Bartimaeus, Jairus, or the woman with the issue of blood, they pursued Jesus for a miracle. There was no expression of faith on the part of the man. Yet, the man, come on, the man experienced God's love without faith. Sometimes we place such an emphasis on faith that it's our energy, our desire, our ability. But in this instance, the man had no faith except for the stirring of the water. But watch this, Jesus pursued him. On Wednesday night, I went to meet the uh, Israeli ambassador to Australia. In this meeting, uh, there's a few handful of people there. When I came into the meeting, I heard this lady <laughs> call across the room, Brad! <laughs> and I'm like, okay, please be dignified. We are meeting the Israeli ambassador here, Brad! And I turn around and see this lady uh, who I'd literally not seen for like 25 years or so. Uh, when I was a youth pastor back in the day, uh, she had two twin daughters that were in my youth ministry. So, you know, she's obviously an elderly lady now. And, um, and uh, her daughters were impacted by God's love. Uh, they, they gave their hearts to Jesus and uh, they're both now married, doing well in their walk with God and their relationships, etc., etc. So she was so overwhelmed with joy because she wanted to express to me what had happened in the lives of her twin daughters. And uh, it, was, it was kind of shocks you when, when somebody calls your name from across the room. Uh, you're not expecting it. I was in a dignified meeting and this Aussie lady yells out, Brad! <laughs> this miracle this morning does the same thing to us. It calls us, it calls our attention. It brings us to something. And do you know what it is? It's a recognition of the grace of God. That it was not by your works. It was not by your efforts. But it is a recognition of divine intervention. Until we have any sense of God's mercy in our lives, we will never be amazed by Him. 
The love that we've received, the uncommon love that we've received, this miracle is there to draw, it calls us, it calls your name. And it says, can you see how gracious and how good our God is? Ephesians chapter two, verse eight says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It was not of the man. It was not his energy. Watch this church. It is the gift of God. Wow. How good is God? Not of, here we go, works, lest any of us should ever boast. A powerless man, unable to help himself, experiences undeserved, unmerited, unearned favour. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Jesus, Saviour of the world. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 says, this is love. Not, come on church, don't fall asleep on me now because I'm just starting to feel the engines revving already. (laughs) This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. This miracle calls to us and it calls to us and it says this, that the focus of the New Testament is not the work of the redeemed, but it is the work of the Redeemer. One of the things we've experienced in Perth is I've been going around, meeting, meeting people, being in different meetings and so on. Like I said to you, I kind of feel like this senior pastor but a missionary all at the same time. Just weird, you know. And um, when you meet people and they meet Alison and I, they, you know, one of the questions, you know, when people want to get to know is they say, oh, how did you and Alison meet, you know? I've kind of discovered married couples, right? There's his side, there's her side, then there's the truth. Usually the truth is her side. Amen. Just settle that right there. <laughs> Husbands, you got no chance. Go with the story. <laughs> yeah, the, as Jesus says, the truth will set you free. Online, your campus pastor said, the truth will set you free. <laughs> but watch this. John makes it clear. Come on, church, don't miss this. John makes it clear in this verse that when it comes to a person's relationship with God, there's no question of who made the first move. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Amen. God loved first. This love, relationship was in fact initiated by God Himself. Amen. And this divine love, this divine love relationship that you and I have experienced and are experiencing, He took all of the initiative. 1 John 4 verse 16 says, and we have known and believe the love that God has for us. Watch this, good shepherds don't wait for the sheep to find them. Good shepherds go 
looking for the sheep. And this love, true love, is never static or inactive. Can we keep going? You getting something out of this today? Number two, the miracle is a microcosm of the entire human race. This miracle, in fact, is a microcosm of the entire human race. Watch this. The five porches stand for the five books of the law in the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The law could show people their sin, but could never mend it. The law could uncover people's weaknesses, but could never cure them. The law, like the porches, sheltered the sick souls, but could never heal them. And this picture of these unwell people is a graphic depiction of the spiritual state of the human race. But John chapter 1, verse 17 says that the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Interesting to note, we said earlier that the Bible tells us how long the man had been in this condition. Remember what it was? 38 years. And it's by no accident that John wanted us to know the length of time that this man had been in this condition. The truth is, is that the children of Israel did not wander in the wilderness for 40 years. They actually wandered in the wilderness for 38 years. The first two years, in fact, was actually designed by God so that they would learn dependency on Him. And you see that in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 14. This man, his condition is a picture of a wandering people looking, searching. But one day, come on church, one day, one day, a man by the name of Jesus Christ came. He took all the initiative. The man had no faith except to believe in this stirring of the water. Whether it was true, we do not know. Even when Jesus came and asked him the question about being made well, his response was, my faith is in that, not realising that his answer is actually found in Jesus Christ. And today we honour the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We honour His grace. We honour His initiative that while we were still with sin, Christ died for us. Number three, the miracle was a personal call. Jesus was drawn to this man with microscopic vision. He knew about his despair, his difficulties. Jesus did not see a crowd. One of the things about modern day Christianity is we love a crowd. We think that if it's big, it's God. We equate things that God does to the spectacular. And nothing wrong with big and large and all those kinds of things. But in this instance, it was uncommon love shown to a individual, an individual who was in need. Jesus went about preaching in the cities and the villages. Amen. And Jesus starts off uh, conversing with this man 
by saying to him in verse six, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, wow, when you were lying there, when we were in that condition, Jesus came, he spoke to us, loved us, called us to himself. He has a heart for the least, the lost and the last. A week ago, guess where I was? I was a volunteer at my son who's in year 11 and the year 11 parents get asked to volunteer for the year 12 ball. So I saw that and I thought, I'm gonna volunteer. So I put my name down, they had all the job options and I saw one of the job options was to be the car door opener. And I'm like, that's me right there. Church, I had it going on. You, you would have been so proud of me. Now, Debbie was my boss. She was the school teacher. And uh, I had to dress in all black and um, wanted to make my son's school proud. <laughs> and so the limos would come up. I was like, open up the door. And then this one limo comes and I go to open up the door and the guy jumps out of the car, the driver, he goes, don't touch the door. I'm like, why? He goes, this is an electric vehicle. It just happens automatically. I'm like, sorry, sorry, a thousand apologies. Blame Debbie, not me. (laughs) I had the best night. I had the best night because there I was just serving other people's needs, just being kind by being a door opener. It was like awesome. And then uh, the guy who was kind of, you know, a couple of uh, uh, metres away from me, attempting to be as good as me, he wasn't as, no, I'm just joking. His name was Michael. Michael and I started chatting. Uh, He asked me what I did. And, uh, you know, these days to try and explain to people that you're a pastor, like P-A-S-T-A, how does that work? Do you identify as... So, (laughs) So... he starts, he's talking, talking, and he goes, Brad, I, I actually need some prayer with something. I'm like, sure. He says, my mum and my dad are both have dementia. Um, and it's just tough. It's really difficult watching your parents fade. He goes, do you think you could pray for that? I'm like, absolutely. It would be my greatest joy to stand with you. And then one of the other helpers in our team her name was Lana and uh, she goes, oh, you're Wade's dad. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm Wade's dad. And so she says, um, oh, you, you know, uh, my son, this is his name and kind of had this Spanish name. And I said, oh, you have Spanish heritage. She goes, no, not really. She goes, uh, when I was a, a graduate, uh, I wanted to spend six months in Italy, went to Italy, saw the name there. I don't know how it's Italian, but it all kind of works. She says, okay, great. Um, she kind of knew a little bit about our family because of my son, Wade, and, and uh, she just starts opening up her heart and just starts talking about what was going on in their lives and some personal challenges that they were having. And guess what she asked me? She goes, do you think you'd be able to, to pray for that, Brad? Do you think you'd be able to, to, to talk to God about what we're going through as a family? And I thought to myself, there I am, 
just been a year 12 ball door opener. (laughs) But by the grace of God and the mercy of God, people were sharing their heart. The amazing thing about this miracle is that the man was impacted right where he was in his condition. He wasn't even in the church. He was out in Bethesda doing his thing. But Jesus went searching. Jesus went looking and found the man in need. Whether I'll see Michael and Lana again, I'm not sure. But all I know is that in God's amazing plan and program, I just had a a little bit to do with their salvation journey. And the other day I was um, at this function and and, um, there was a lady there uh, who was in a wheelchair. And I think I may have mentioned this just a few weeks ago and she went and poured water, you know, it kind of had like iced tea water sort of and watermelon, you know, get these flavoured waters. So she goes to pour the water, fills it up, realises, oh no, I wanted watermelon water. She got the wrong one. So she's in a wheelchair. She starts swearing at herself for pouring the wrong water. So I could kind of, I'm standing there because I wanted watermelon water too. (laughs) And so I said to her, I said, "Um, you know what? Don't worry about that one you poured. Just put it to the side. No one will even notice. (laughs) Get watermelon water. She says, no, no. And then she says this to herself. She goes, and I've only got one arm because I have to wheel with, with this arm to hold it. And she kind of just, you know, stormed off. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, why don't you pour the water and go and take it to her? Just an act of uncommon love. I don't know who she is. I've never met her before. But to be kind, to show the love of God to people who need the love of Jesus Christ, Will I ever meet her again? Probably not. Do I know her name? No. But could I do something in her world that in God's amazing plan for humanity, for God's care for humanity, I just played a little part in her salvation story, I pray. This miracle brings us face to face with an eternal question. And that eternal question is the question that speaks to all of us today. John chapter five, verse six, Joel, you can come. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? It's a question that goes through every age, every stage, Every generation, do you want to be made well? And people are searching for all kinds of mechanisms. In this case, the stirring of the water. Maybe drugs, maybe alcohol, maybe relationships. It may be money. People are searching. They're looking for something to make them well. But the man truly only found hope and healing when he encountered the love of Jesus Christ. See, all of those things, love, alcohol, more and more money, they they can bring a measure 
of satisfaction to a person's life. But in the end, it always leaves a person empty. Because ultimately, ultimately, this personal call that's reaching out to people, God's calling people by their name and He says, do you want to be made well? The Bible says in John chapter 5, verse 9, immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. I love that he walked. You think about this. Think about his situation. Think about his daily life. Think about his well-being. There he is walking I love that because you know what it tells me? He walked away from his past and he walked away from the thing that held him bound. How? Because of an encounter with the love of Jesus. There are people that are here today, those who are online, try all kinds of things to be made well. But the thing that truly makes us well is when we meet the love of God found in Jesus Christ. This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Church, we are on an endeavour this year of uncommon love to show as many people in our community, in our world, those around us, our neighbours, our friends, our relatives, our family, to show them the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. There are needs that are all around us and we've gotta be careful that we get so caught up on what goes on inside the house that we forget about what's going on outside of the house. Jesus went searching, Jesus went looking because this picture of these people waiting for a miracle, you and I were there once. You and I were lying there waiting for something to make us well. But one day a man by the name of Jesus Christ called our name. He reached out to you. He didn't go to a crowd. He went to an individual. He went to you and He said to you, do you want to be made well? And you responded to the love of God by saying, Jesus help me and set me free. And the next part of the verse, or in 1 John chapter 4, verse 11, it says to us, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Come on, there is a love that God is calling us to, a love that demonstrates His goodness and His kindness, His grace and His mercy to hurting humanity. Because one day He came, rescued you and set you free. And He's calling us to do the same for others. Perhaps in this place today, you've never opened up your heart to the love of God. You don't know what it means to experience His grace and His kindness and His mercy. And most importantly, His forgiveness. So many people believe, well, Jesus really forgive me of, of all the things that, that I've done. Uh, you know, like come to church. How many people do you talk to say, man, if I came to church, the church roof would collapse. <laughs> Why? Because people feel guilty. They feel embarrassed. They feel ashamed of their past. You need to know that the love of God is so wide, so amazing, so gracious, so good, so merciful, that there's absolutely nothing that you have done 
that God cannot forgive. Forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness is number one. I was reading in Romans the other day and it said this, it says, Oh, for the joy of those whose sins have been wiped out. He wants to wipe away your sins today so that you can experience true joy found in Jesus Christ. In a moment, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray a simple prayer. It's a prayer that invites Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, to come into our lives. You may feel like you're one of those people lying in that location, waiting to be made well. Today, He's your answer. Your answer is a relationship with a God who loves you and wants to set you free. We're gonna pray a prayer. This prayer, as I said earlier, invites Jesus to come into our hearts and to forgive us of our sin and to give us a, a brand new start. Can I be sure? Can I be sure about this? Can I be absolutely sure that what I'm saying to you is the truth? The answer is yes. Do you know why? Because all around you in this auditorium and all around Australia and all around the globe are millions and millions and millions of people who said yes to Jesus and their lives have been changed. Some have been delivered from the abuse of alcohol. Some had memories in their past of things that they've done wrong and they're like, oh man. God came and said, I'm gonna tell you who you are, who you really are. I love you, you're a child of mine. There are some suffered with all kinds of um, addictions and things that maybe seem embarrassing if people knew, but God came and said, I choose you, I love you. You are a recipient of my grace and my mercy. In a moment, we're gonna bow our heads, we're gonna close our eyes, we're gonna pray this prayer. And I'm asking you today to pray this prayer from your heart. I'm gonna say it, everybody in the auditorium, including yourself, why don't you say this after me? Let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes. Dear Jesus Christ, I believe in You. I believe You are the Son of God. Come into my heart and be my Saviour. I turn away from my past and I ask You for Your forgiveness. I'm now set free. I'm now a child of God. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you've never prayed that prayer before or you did a long time ago and you're coming home to the love of God, in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to lift up your hand. The reason why, I wanna see you. I wanna pray for you. I wanna encourage you today. There are a few people on our team that are also helping me to look around as well. Sometimes it's, it's not easy to see everybody, but I wanna ask you today to be bold and say yes. That's me. There'll be a whole bunch of other people who are gonna lift up their hand as well. Are you ready? On the count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. Lift it up nice and high. I'd love to pray for you today. God bless you, I see your hand. God bless you, I see your hand. Is there anyone else? God bless you, I see your hand. 
Come on, that's three people. God bless you, sir. I see your hand as well. I'm glad I waited for you. Is there anyone else? I'd love the opportunity to pray for you today. That's four people so far. Why don't you be the fifth? Come on, lift it up nice and high. God bless you right up the back. Thank you so much for your honesty. I really appreciate that. Who else is there? I'd love the opportunity to pray for you today. So good, so good. He loves you so much. He cares about you. He wants to give you a new start. Yeah, young man up the back there, I see your hand as well. That, that's fantastic. God bless you. Who else is there? I'd love the opportunity to pray for you today. Just a few more seconds because we do need to move on with our meeting. Let me pray for you today. If you opened up your heart to the love of Jesus. Amen. So good, so good, so good. Church, can we pray for all of these amazing people? Father, thank You today for these awesome people who have raised their hand. Thank You for Your grace. Thank You for Your mercy. Thank You for Your love. Thank You for Your kindness. Thank You for Your forgiveness. Father, I just pray for each of them. I thank You that You know them by name. Just like this man who was lying, waiting for a miracle, You came and You called him by name and You said, do you want to be made well? Lord, as these people have responded, we thank You that the Word of God says that if any of us be in Christ, we are new creations. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. We thank You for them in Jesus' wonderful Name. Amen, amen. Can we give these people a great clap of encouragement? Come on, a little bit louder, so good. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.